good morning everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church this morning. My name is Grant. And I'm Mary Rose. This is our graphic design communications intern this summer. You may have met her a couple weeks ago, but awesome to have you here. We're here to get the service started for you. Um, if this is your first time here, a special welcome to you, and we'd love to get to know you better. And you can help us by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca or even dropping a comment here. Right down low or on the side. And if you've been, or one of the best ways, <laughs> let's get my lines here, but if one of the best ways for all of you joining in to stay up to date and informed about just the different stuff happening around here, Cedar Valley Church, the ministries, the fall announcements, whatever's coming up, uh, just good devotionals and posts to keep us interacting throughout the week. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel and head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca and sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And if you've been impacted by our online services, make sure you hit that share button and invite your friends and family to join you um, this morning to church. Absolutely. So a few things coming up that we just want you to know about, some things to stay informed about. Uh, we are rebuilding our service team. So it's been a long time since we've been doing some just regular church Sunday morning, weekday program sort of things. And I think with that, we're kind of looking to ways to not even start fresh, but just rebuild those things. And all of what we're doing here, some of the pre-recording stuff, things if you're joining us on campus, uh, that takes a lot of time and effort and passionate people to be involved in. And we would love for you, we, well, a big thing I think is that we think that living out your faith requires action and a good way to do that is by serving in some of the ministries that we're offering here at Cedar Valley. Yeah, so be that like, you know, teaching kids um, during kids ministry, lead us for youth group or camera and sound techs. Like, do you sing, do you play an instrument? Then yeah, see if there's, there might be some spots there for you. Even if it's like greeting people like during Sunday mornings or like even during um, the rentals that we have here at the church. Yeah, absolutely. Do you sing or play any instruments? Oh, I do, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. That's a big part. We love music here. Oh, yeah. And sure. uh, just getting involved in those, team, those teams too. And with all the cameras, there's a lot Lot more tech stuff too so a lot, lot of fun ways and if you feel at a bit of a loss for how you can serve we're offering and asking everyone to fill out a what's called a spiritual gifts survey it's online it's in our email newsletter or on our website and just a good way to kind of get a sense of some of your spiritual gifting some ways god has empowered you to work with and reach others and then somebody from our leadership team would love to get in touch with you and just kind of help you discern a great fit for you here at the church yeah, so um, for this summer, we're reading the book, um, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and we'll be posting a video of each chapter like um, to be read aloud on Sundays on the YouTube page. Yeah, it's really fun. That's one of my favorite stories. It's really it's a good. great book, yeah. Have and you read all of them? I have oh. read all of them. Yeah, it's part of a big series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is like kind of not actually the first, there's a prequel, but it's like one of the first ones that really gets you into the story. Oh, yeah. And uh, we also want to get you a copy of the book if you're joining in. And so we're doing a bit of a contest. So if you are joining on those, I think we're on like chapter eight or nine now um, too, but you can watch them. They're all posted on YouTube and catch up to it. And then post a picture on, on Instagram or Facebook of you just engaging in it. Maybe you're gathering on a TV or watching on your phone or tablet uh, or just listening along and tag us in at Cedar Valley Mission and we'll enter you in for a draw to get a free book into your hands. And at the very end, we're actually handing away an entire uh, group set of the entire Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. So we're gonna get the service started here shortly. Um, at this time, we're gonna be led into a time of worship, singing with some songs, and there'll be lyrics on the screen, on the, sorry, there'll be lyrics on the screen to, for you guys to sing along with us. Absolutely, after that, we have a special lesson just for the kids with Pastor Doug. And we're also this morning exciting, we're welcoming uh, Dave and Jaslyn's baby girl. So we're gonna have a little intro to that and pray for them and support them that way. 
And then after that, we'll have Pastor Rob bringing a message in our summer series on evangelism uh, or sharing the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. That's, these are share buttons around, right? If you're wondering, like, what are those weird <laughs> balls with lines connected? That's a share button. Um, just yeah, thematic for this whole series. Yeah. And uh, so one thing, too, this morning, it's so easy when you kind of live out here in the Fraser Valley, you don't get affected by wildfires and stuff like that as much until the smoke hits. And then you all of a sudden are confronted with the fact like, oh, our province is burning right now. It's bad. You've seen the news and stuff, but now it's getting a bit more real. So I, I just want to take a few minutes this morning and we're going to give you all some space and some time to do that too, just to pray and encourage and throw in support and even sharing some different ways on the chat feed if you're watching online or on campus, share some ways that uh, we can be supportive here where we aren't actively amidst wildfires, we're not on any sort of evacuation notices, but we're feeling the effects of it because we're seeing there's places all around our province that are burning badly. Down south of California, Oregon, there's lots of fires happening. So this morning, Cedar Valley, we're gonna give you a few minutes, just pray for some care and support for people who've been evacuated, who have lost their homes, lost their possessions, lost their belongings. Uh, even now too, with just the after effects with all the smoke and haze, people are experiencing health adverse effects for that. So we just wanna ask God for deliverance, ask God for some rain. Oh, that'd be nice. That's what we need here, some nice. rain. And uh, we do believe that God is a God of miracles, God is a God of love and compassion and care for these kind of situations. So thanks for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley. Spend some time praying for those affected by the wildfire season this morning.
Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to be with you again today. We've got a sweet video that we're going to watch about telling others about Jesus. Once we see it, I'm going to be back and we're going to talk about what we've seen. All right. Stories of the Bible. The Apostles and the High Council. These are the Apostles. Hello. They followed Jesus during his time on earth. See ya. After he went to heaven, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be their helper. Then the apostles spread the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. The apostles performed many miracles and healed the sick. They met regularly in the temple in Jerusalem and many came to believe in Jesus. Huh. All this made the Jewish high priest and his officials very jealous, so they arrested the apostles and put them in jail. But an angel of the Lord came in the night Whoa. and opened the gate of the jail. The angel told them to go to the temple and tell people about Jesus. Got it. So at daybreak, the apostles went to the temple and told people about Jesus as the angel told them to. Meanwhile, the high priest and his officials called together a meeting of the high council. They sent the guards to bring the apostles out of jail, but when they went to the jail, they were gone. Wait, what? They returned to the council and reported that the men were gone. Guess what? Then someone arrived and announced that the men who were in jail were standing in the temple, teaching people. Go get them! The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles. Come on, you. They brought them before the high council. The high priest said, We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Um... Yeah, but... But Peter and the apostle said, we must obey God rather than any human authority. They told Jesus' story that he was raised from the dead after they hung him on the cross and that now he was in heaven. They told him that Jesus did all these things so that people of Israel would turn to God and be forgiven for their sins. This made the high council furious. <laughs> and they decided to kill the apostles. But one Pharisee named Gamaliel stood up <clears throat> and ordered that the men be sent outside the council for a while. Then he warned his fellow Jewish leaders that killing the apostles might bring more trouble than good. He advised them to leave the apostles alone. Not a good point. The other Pharisees saw his point and accepted his advice. They called the apostles in and had them beat up but they didn't kill them. They ordered them to never speak in the name of Jesus, and then they let them go. The apostles left the high council happy that God thought them worthy to suffer for preaching the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Wow, those guys were crazy. 
telling everybody about Jesus, no matter what was happening to them. Getting beaten up, thrown in jail. Wow. Well, you know what? They weren't crazy. They just wanted everybody to hear about Jesus. And they wouldn't stop talking about him. And so many people started to believe in Jesus and he changed their life. How cool is that? Well, you know, if you tell others about Jesus, I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about getting beat up or thrown in jail. But some people, they may not want to hear about Jesus right yet. Because even though we all need Jesus in our life, some people, they just don't know that yet. But we want to keep telling people the good news. That's right. The good news that God loves everybody so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live on this earth. And then he died to save us from our sins. And he rose again. And he gives us new life. That's what we're talking about. And that is so cool. And there's an awesome verse in the book of Acts. That's where this story was from that you just saw. The book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 20. And it says, tell people the message of life. Because that's what it is. Telling people Jesus is the message of life. And how great is that? We all want to have a great life. And that's what Jesus gives us. So, let people know about how cool Jesus is and it will change their life, and it will change yours too. Awesome. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Good morning, Cedar Valley. We are here with David and Jaslyn Weeb, and we're excited that uh, we get to introduce to you our newest church family member, Jane Catherine. And uh, we just wanted to say hi to them this morning, introduce you to this sweet little bundle, and just hear from David and Jasmine a little bit. So we just wanted to hear from you a little bit. How has life changed for you in the last 13 days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I would say quite a bit, but um, yeah, just trying to plan for the unplanned has been interesting. That's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah. 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 yeah, keep flexible. Yeah. 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 Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, just every, like everything is new. Everything mm. is like a learning curve. Um, things you thought you knew or things you <laughs> kind of thought um, you expected are just totally different. Um, but mostly it's just kind of just, it's so overwhelming to like have her here and have her as a part of like the family now yeah. and yeah. Um, she's just changed our lives since the moment she yeah. she arrived and mm -hmm. um, every day we just we're pretty obsessed with her <laughs> so didn't awesome. realize uh, yeah mm -hmm. how are things going in the sleep department you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty, pretty okay now. It was yeah. rough the first few days. She had her um, days and nights confused. Yeah. But um, now she's doing pretty good. She's sleeping four to five hour stretches. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So she's, yeah. A, she's a champ. Um, yeah. Naps mm -hmm. are a little tricky sometimes. <laughs> but um, I think we're pretty lucky with how she 
As she's adjusting outside the outside the room. That's great. And we'll let you guys at home who are watching this uh, try to figure out who she looks like more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit more like David or like Jaslyn. <laughs> and you can, you can decide. <laughs> well, we do just have a little token gift here from yes, the church to you. Thank you. And we would also like to say a prayer blessing yeah. upon yeah. Jane here together. God, we thank you for this glorious day that we can gather together, celebrate life, how good it is. God, in the midst of, in the, midst of the, the trial, the challenge, Oh, there's so much wonder and joy. Um, God, we ask your blessing to be upon David and Jocelyn and Jane, um, that together they would experience the best of life um, that you give to them, that you give to us. And uh, God, there would be these moments of great joy and happiness and your love would carry them through any times of challenge and difficulty. God, may we celebrate together here um, this wonderful life. Thank you for your blessing upon us and upon them as a family. Amen. Amen. All right, Cedar Valley, thanks for joining us here. We'll see you soon. But how can people call on him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe in one? In one they've not yet heard of. And how can they hear? How can they hear? And how can they hear the message of life? The message of life. And how can they hear the message of life? If there's no one there to proclaim it. Hey, Cedar Valley. Have you ever wondered um, how people come to place their faith in Jesus Christ these days? There was a, a time when it was principally through family and friends. And while this is still true, it's, it's actually less true than it was. There are probably all kinds of reasons for this, not least of which is people move and people move a lot more these days. Did you know, fun fact, that about 20% of the population is on the move every year across town or out of the province or across country or somewhere around the world? That kind of mobility can actually make it pretty hard to develop deep, long-term relationships with family and friends, which can lessen the impact we might have on each other in this context. In one study, about 60% of the people surveyed said they came to faith in Jesus Christ through a member of their family or a friend, which of course, because we can all do a little math, means that 40% of the people in that same survey came to place their faith in Jesus Christ through other relationships. Some through church staff, some through people other than family or friends, and some not through church staff members, for instance. And of course, some people come to place their faith in Jesus Christ on their own through something they've heard or watched or by something they've seen or experienced. But by and large, people have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, or they will, through relationships. There was a time when a follower of Jesus would lead someone through some kind of Bible-based 
series of propositions. Something like God loves us, our sin separates us from God, God solves that problem by forgiving us through his son Jesus Christ, and by doing so, God invites us to enjoy this life with him and the one to come. We might say it this way, as I've picked up from the meeting house, God came to show us his love, save us from our sin, shut down religion, and set up his kingdom. And this is all true and valid and worth keeping. But today, it seems as though people are coming to faith through natural conversations and discussions more than through a rote presentation. They want to feel like it's more natural that we're just talking among friends about life and sports and spiritual things, just doing life together. And through these conversations, they come to understand what Christianity is, uh, what place in their faith in Jesus Christ means, and why it means so much to people of faith. People don't want to feel like they're your project. I know I wouldn't. But listening, as we talked about last Sunday, and sharing on the basis of that listening, well, that's just being a good friend or a good family member. Listening for their hopes and fears, their longings and losses. Listening with empathy. Join them in our shared humanity. And then, not like you have all the answers, and they may even have some for you, Share the hope you have in making sense of this world through your relationship, on the basis of your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is why we started this teaching series, which we call Share, with the question, why do you follow Jesus? Sharing about our faith begins like right there. More often than not, convinced of why we follow Jesus in the first place. And then to see the sharing of good news as a critical part of a spiritual pathway towards maturing in our faith, to know what sharing is and why it's so important to share, and then to remember to listen before we speak when we do share. <sighs> Even still, I think sharing the good news that our faith is based on is going to be an uphill climb for at least three reasons. One, because of the way the culture tends to see Christians. Two, because of the way Christians tend to see the culture. And then three, well, because the Bible says so. So slide number two, three things Christians do that non-Christians cannot stand. First, they judge. They think their faith is mostly about being a moral person. They have a standard and they try to live by it, but they also end up judging others by it. They judge other Christians and they judge non-Christians, even though non-Christians don't know and don't live by that same standard. Two, they're hypocritical. They put on happy, smiley faces, 
particularly as they come in on Sunday mornings, they would say, even though it, that actually doesn't match their lives, they fake it, and maybe even worse, they say one thing and do another thing. Their walk does not match their talk. And then third, they're just not very good at friendship. They're just, they stink at friendship. They stick to their religious clubs and don't know anyone outside of them. They don't know or make friends with people who aren't like them. They don't need to because why? Because they have their club. And it seems to me that Christians tend to either act indifferent to the culture, in other words, being oblivious to it, like it doesn't really matter, or they hide from the culture because it's scary or strange or antagonistic, or they slam the culture, which is to say criticize it, condemn it, make it the root of all evil. None of which, by the way, those postures are uh, I don't know, particularly loving toward the culture. And so Christians are often at odds with the culture, and the culture is often at odds with Christians, which leads me to the third reason why I think sharing the good news on which we build our faith is it's just going to be a bit of an uphill climb. The Bible says so. So. Please turn with me in your Bible or open your Bible app to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm repeating that just to give you time to get there. We're going to begin in verse 8 where it says, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with insult or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. Quoting Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12, is Peter there. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. So the Bible encourages us to live in harmony, be compassionate and humble, don't trade evil and insults with others like boxing blows, but instead bless others, give them what they don't deserve, like just drop the quid pro quo mentality, and be ready to share the hope gently and respectfully you have in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So that those who speak against you and your Christ-like behavior, not if they speak against you, they will feel ashamed because their slander just won't stick. 
your Christ-like behavior will be like human Teflon. It is, Peter concludes, better to suffer for doing something good, just like Jesus, than it is to suffer for doing something bad. Like, that's just consequences at work. But let's return to the heart of the passage. But in your hearts, let's just begin there, set apart Christ as Lord. The word but here, as is often the case in the Bible, signals a transition from one thought to another contrasting thought. In this case, it represents a movement from fear to faith, from do not be frightened, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12, to instead, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Christ as Lord. Christ is the one who leads you, the one who, as Peter says, died for me and you to restore our broken relationship to God and to give us life after this life. Set him apart in our hearts. His kindness towards us, his example for us, our motivation then. Focus on Jesus, not our fear. Listen well to the person you're with. Be curious. Treat them, as Earl Nightingale would say, as the most important person in the world. Clarify anything you don't understand when you hear what sounds like a lie, something that doesn't help them. Gently challenge it. Take a subtle, deep breath. Make a silent, quick prayer, help me, Jesus, and then offer something helpful. For instance, in a time when people believe that humans have evolved over millions of years from a single cell, Christians believe that all of creation is way too complex and way too creative for it to happen accidentally out of nowhere, that such a creation points to an extraordinary creator. For instance, in an age where sex is anything you want it to be, Christianity teaches that sex is sacred and that we value the who far more than the what, which, change, which, which changes the what and the how. For instance, in a culture where greed and debt have become the norm, Christ followers can model and teach generosity and life that isn't measured by what we accumulate. Teaching young families to save and give is really countercultural these days and deeply biblical. For instance, in an era when the family is morphing and even fragmenting before our eyes, Christians can offer support and mentor kids and teens and extend friendship and tangible support to parents and adults who are alone. In other words, instead of ignoring the culture or hiding from the culture or slamming the culture, embrace the culture and offer alternative. The culture doesn't need a mirror. It needs a different way of seeing. It's, it's easy to feel defensive in a conversation when our faith is being challenged. But that, 
That cuts both ways, right? When we are challenging others about what they believe in that same conversation. So be as sensitive to them as you might be feeling in that conversation about what they're challenging you to consider. When we're afraid, we can say things out of defensiveness that just, well, they're just not helpful and they're really tough to take back. But when we've listened well, and when we're focused on Jesus, and by that, that I mean this, when our self-worth isn't dangling in the balance of people's opinions of us, but on Jesus' opinion of us, I think we're more likely to say good and helpful things out of love, not out of a need to win an argument. This is one side of the sharing coin to set apart Jesus Christ as Lord, to follow him and his ways so that we would know what ways are his so that we can offer them as an alternative to the culture. The other side of the coin is to set apart Christ as Lord so that we would know the hope of Jesus by experience. Always be prepared then to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have. Questions like, why, why did you have hope through the pandemic? Um, why did you have hope when you didn't have a job? Uh, why did you have hope at that graveside memorial service? I have asked myself all these questions and so have others. The reason for my hope in all these cases, by the way, is in its biblical definition. So here it is. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in his faithfulness. So key, I'm gonna say it one more time. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength or its power is in his, God's faithfulness. I have found personally the pandemic really hard on my mental health, but overall I have been hopeful. From the beginning, I put my confidence in this promise from God found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and I'll read it from the message where it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And I have found I am settled down when I, I love this turn of phrase, shape my worries into prayers. I had hope between jobs because I experienced the faithfulness of God for my care as Jesus described it in his Sermon on the Mount which is found in Matthew chapter 6. And I'll be reading verses 25 and 26 from the English Standard Version. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what are we going to drink, or what shall we wear? People took us out for meals. Money came from unexpected sources. Gifts came our way. We were never without food or clothing. God is faithful to his promises. My friend's dad, John Gertzen, passed away a month ago. He was 93. I began that service by saying, John knew this day would come, and he was ready for it. He placed his faith in Jesus Christ as a young man, and he lived his life according to the golden rule of the Bible. To do to others what you'd have them do to you. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. John lived his life to the best he knew how, treating people the way he wanted to be treated. He treated me that way, and those who knew him said that was just how John lived his life. People spoke well of him. His hope was living the way of Jesus, and it came back to him. So this gives me hope for this life. And John believed, as do I, that God forgave him of his sin and gave him eternal life through his son Jesus Christ, who died shouldering our sin, who was buried in the ground because of it, but who rose victorious from the dead, like all who believe in him will do someday. I believe that John is in heaven right now, and that someday I'll see him again. This is what gives me and his family hope for this life after this life. Okay, Rob, good stories. Uh, I'm with you, but how do we prepare ourselves to share? Great question. So here are some really quick thoughts. Uh, one, make friends with people who aren't like you. Uh, listen well. Two, three, read up on what keeps your friends up at night as they share. Enter into that and learn. Four, know your Bible. Know those promises. Know how God works. Five, look for ways then God is proving faithful in your life based on his word. Six, know your social cues, right? When to say something, when not to say something. And if you're not sure, ask people what they need of you in that moment. Do you need me just to listen or would you like me to problem solve with you? Seven, have an overall sense of the gospel and a short, easy to understand way of explaining it. Now, some may say, but what if no one ever asks me to give them the reason for the hope I have within me? Nice try, loophole guy. It's, act, you know, it's actually a fair question. 
So here's what I would say if that's where you're at. You're like, okay, maybe I'm off the hook because no one has ever asked me to explain the reason I have hope in me. Let's try to live our lives in a way that produces that question, okay? And I'm not saying to live your life perfectly because no one can't, but live it differently. Secondly, let's, let's be good enough friends with those who are not like us that we'd actually have people in our lives who would ask the question. Thirdly, let's beat our friends and our family to the punch and ask them what gives them hope and maybe offer our answer reading the social cues as part of the conversation. And then lastly, the Great Commission is not predicated on the First Peter 3.15 question being asked. It's predicated on our willingness to partner with Jesus in his mission, which Peter describes in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 as that no one should perish, but that everyone would turn to Jesus for forgiveness and for life. But do this then finally with gentleness and respect. Christians can offer alternatives to the culture and Christians can offer the culture stories of hope. But either way, Peter's counsel to us is to do these things gently and respectfully. Because truth without grace is legalism and grace without truth is license. And when we don't share with gentleness and respect, when we speak harshly and degradingly, we end up fulfilling the stereotypes of Christians as being judgmental, hypocritical, and lousy at friendship. So let's speak the truth, but let's also be mindful of our tone. I'm going to close in prayer, but before I do, I'll get you to the challenge so you can start preparing your thoughts around it and we'll come back in a moment to interact Pastor Grant and I around it. So there it is for you to look at. We'll talk about it shortly. Let me close in prayer. Father, some time ago we began this teaching series by asking ourselves why we follow you in the first place. And I, I think if we're not convinced of that, convinced that we follow you because we adore you, because you love us, because you have shown us a way to live this life that's different from the culture and leads to more life than less. That is considerate to others and gentle, but also beneficial to us. I, I pray that as we think about our relationship, as we dwell on your love for us, as we experience it in the stories that we see of you working things out for us, you protecting us even when we don't see it necessarily, you answering our prayers, you bringing people in our lives that encourage us along. You working through circumstances, like all of these things. 
I pray that as we sit in these things and we talk about these things, that our affection for you will deepen so that talking about you and the good news that you represent, that you um, established, which is that you've saved us from our sins and you've given us life after this life, we just be able to talk about that really easily and not be defensive about it, but just enter into our friendships talking about you and the, that good news as easily as we talk about anything else that we love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Peace, Cedar Valley. Be back in a second. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. Cedar Valley, it's good to be back. It's good to be here, too, with you, Pastor Rob. And you too, buddy. Talking about sharing the gospel. Yeah. Each week. It's one of those things that, you know, I think we can sometimes wrongly think we can just address it in a simple devotional of how to be evangelistic, but we're actually taking the whole summer, and we're, we're probably going to find that we've got a little bit of it, and we're just hoping that we get a bit more pieces of it's so foreign, right, in our Western world to, like, be evangelistic as, like, a regular place of life. So it takes some education. It takes practice. Yeah. And that's the thing that we're really trying to make this part about is actually make it practical and experiential and real. Yeah. Not just knowledge. And my temptation in this particular message was to like, walk through as many sort of scenarios but you'll never cover them all. Yeah. So we end up having to give you some framework and some ideas, some examples, but we can't be exhaustive, right? Yeah. The only way that really works is I'm with you in the moment and you're like talking to someone who's like, what do I say next? I go, well, maybe this. And, but you know, like who, yeah. who can do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this, this challenge right here is getting to the heart of so much of sharing the gospel is listening and building relationship yep. and hearing people's stories and understanding different worldviews. Yes. And then there is a place that comes to, and that's even why, you know, we have that bumper verse and we have this idea of actually sharing it, actually yeah. speaking it. Yep. Is we do at some point actually have to tell people about who Jesus is. They're not just going to understand this big picture concept that there's a creator God who sent his son to die for us because we're really, really yeah. nice. Right? Yeah, yeah, and because we care for them, yeah. we want to invite them to consider that there is a God who is noble that adores them and has really good things. So, so I, tell me about this. I, well, I kind of apologize for the wordiness. I couldn't nail it down myself, but I'm going to interpret it a little bit for us and get ready. So write out and practice the presentation. So like make it real, right? Maybe go over, uh, you know, in the mirror, <clears throat> putting it in your own words, and then share it with someone else at the dinner table or coffee with a buddy, like whatever. Um, using non-religious terms, yeah. really key, right? And with the same, I love what you said in the past, actually. So I just, I just ripped it off. And with the same posture as sharing any piece of good news, anything you're excited about, anything that you love, right? Uh, so this is the line I, I need to explain here, but this could be a challenge. In other words, this could be, hey, I think there's some thinking there that's not particularly helpful. Can I, can I maybe address that a little bit or challenge you a bit on that? Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. And then, or a story of hope, which is like, this is where I've seen God show up. Yeah. Yeah, that's testimony right there, right? That's a huge Yes, thing, so. yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if you were to take on this and model it for us right now, what would it look like? Well, I'm thinking at the start here, a big one, putting out a practice, a presentation, because I find for myself that 
there's been so many different forms where I've had to share a little chunk of the gospel, a little chunk of testimony. It actually sounds quite different depending on the audience. So I think what's key here, and it's pulling Great right point. out of uh, what Pastor Doug said a few weeks ago, is actually picture somebody in your mind you want to be sharing this to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and make that really real. And if you still don't, like go back a couple weeks, rewatch that sermon, get somebody in your mind or go and find it or make it about a TV character if that's what your obsession is. But you kind of need it to be real. Like, who is your audience? Because what doesn't work, and I know this is true, what doesn't work is coming with a presentation that's just speaking to a blank sheet of paper. Yep. Uh, people are real and dynamic yep. and have That's so a rote presentation and they yeah. want to be in conversation doing real life. Yeah. 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 And I really like kind of almost... I don't know, I, Leslie has kind of, my wife has kind of helped me see it's like kind of almost going to like a really simple point and then rebuilding it back off of there. And she likes to kind of ask questions, which will end up driving me nuts, but learn more and more. Uh, <laughs> but almost try to find like, what's the most basic way I can communicate what I actually believe in? Like, who is Jesus or whatever it is? Like, what's the important thing? Like, that, that God really loves me. Okay, well, what does that mean? And then, okay, explain a little bit more. And so I know like, you even had mentioned, we were dialoguing a bit before about like, what's a sound bite that you could summarize your faith or the gospel up. Yep. Uh, I've heard it before and I've kind of said it as just like, there's a God who created us and loves us so much that he sacrificed everything to stay in relationship with mm-hmm. us. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, what's sacrifice? Because that's a pretty Christian-y word. Okay, well, it gives us a relationship with a God. What does that mean? So you have to start expanding and expanding and expanding. Yep. And as you start dialoguing with that, pe- that person in your in mind that has a story and they can understand certain things or maybe relate to certain stories, you start building up a bit of a message for them. Yeah, I to- yeah, I love that actually, because I think what you can tell yourself otherwise is you have to uh, see the whole thing and get to that point of, uh, whereas what we're seeing here is just be a friend, listen, advance the conversation, go where it goes naturally, yeah. don't force it, just love them, right? Yeah. And at some point you would say, hey, have you ever considered this particular point as it relates to what you just said, right? Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, but in front of the mirror, I think this is a challenge that's worth really bringing out there, actually practicing it. Try to figure out a way of explaining as simple. I would say, you know what, one page is probably too long. Oh, yeah, a paragraph. A paragraph. Yeah. And literally rehearse that. And so you, you might even have an answer to go to and practicing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you might imagine, you said, imagine someone in your life. You might imagine a child. Yeah. I get it really simple. Absolutely. Somebody who's just learning and then, it. And then build it from there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that's going to be a huge one. And you know what? If you've got some of these things or you almost want to practice with us, let us know, get in touch with us, or share us your stories of how you've been experiencing this, like what it's been like for you. Um, really cool stories that it would be great for us to hear that. Sometimes on this side of the camera, it feels a little bit blank that way. But yeah, <laughs> we'd love to see how this is landing in your life, how it's playing out, how you've been being encouraged from it. If you are joining us here on campus, uh, we're going to be engaging a little bit of Q&A after this. If you're joining in online, there's going to be some time too for some just comments, questions, and dialogue on the chat too. So yeah, there may be things you say and share with us. It'll teach us. So yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next week.